Hey, welcome to another episode of the Stemocratic Feed, a STEM podcast where I, your host, Pearl, aka Ty, said that the E in STEM stood for economics instead of engineering, and we'll decide to stick with that because it's a bit too late and the brand has sort of been established, so it's life. This week's episode, we're going to be speaking to Natasha Masimira, a recent mechanical engineering grad who has just started working. And we're going to ask her about her future goals and what she's done so far. I hope you're as excited as I am because she's going to be sharing some really important life lessons for young engineering students, high school students, and other people who are really trying to plan their way forward in whatever career they're pursuing. In case you haven't already, please follow this podcast channel and go and follow our Instagram page as well so that you can keep up to date with the content that we will be posting. Now it's time for the podcast episode. Enjoy. Would... Hi, girl. <laughs> um, please, please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. It can be anything cool, quirky, like there's no like set structure, whatever you want to say. All right, so like I'm gonna put like a young disclaimer. If I say something stupid, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, so okay, as you mentioned, okay, you mentioned my name, so that's cool. That's done. This is Natasha. Um, what can I say? Um, I'm 24 years old. I'm a mechanical engineer. Um, what do I? I, I like I like reading. I know that's that's super boring, but I really really like reading. Um, what else? Um, yeah, like I'm a very chill person, um, very approachable. I love going out. I know it's very awkward that I like going out, even though I have like I'm I'm, I'm in a very hectic profession. Um, yeah, that's like pretty much it. So you just need to ask, like, tell me what you actually really want to know from that brief description of what Natasha is. Tell me, like, did you always want to become a mechanical engineer? Like, when did you make the decision that you're going to study this and, you know? You know, funny story. So, like, growing up, I started off wanting to be a vet. It's very odd because I was really scared of dogs. But at the time in primary school, I was like, you know what, being a vet makes sense. Um, And then as I grew older, I mean, a lot of things were just fine-lined. So, you know, like when you're growing up, especially in a very Zimbabwean um, 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 environment, you know how Zimbabwean parents are. The minute they see like you're good in like maths and science, it's like kind of like put yeah. out for you so you're going to be a doctor you're going to be an engineer yeah. um accountant if you really really want to exactly an accountant if you are not into the sciences then law that's the last resort so growing older um yes i was good at maths and science and then there was a point where i wanted to be a doctor um that's when i came to south africa so we moved here in 2008 and then when I was here, grade seven, grade eight, grade nine, I was like, I really want to be a doctor. So I wanted to be a pediatrician at the time. So there was a point where um, our school used to like encourage us to like go and do like this whole, I don't know if you used to do career day, um, like where you just like go and like you visit someone. places where you, 
you would potentially want to look at. Yes, yes. So our school used to do that. Um, so I went to this hospital. I would not name the hospital just to respect them enough. Mm. I went there and I totally hated it. Like I really hated it. And the thing is, it was a hospital where I really wanted to like work at one day, but I just hated how like, for example, the treatment was, especially being a woman of color. Um, what else? Um, it was just not something I was very comfortable with and, and especially with the language barrier. So there, mm-hmm. in my mind, I was like, okay, cool. I need to now like learn all these languages just to communicate. And I'm pathetic at languages so then that was done and then um the next year career day i went to work with my dad so my dad um just side story he's also a mechanical engineer so i went with him went to work and i think what blew me away was where he worked so he works at head office Mm -hmm. so I was just like there and 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 I was just interacting with so many people and I just loved how they were what they were doing and they also took us to site um so at the time um we went to like um a coal mine where we like you know briefly like looked at what they did and everything and I just fell in love um, and then I think from then on, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to be a mechanical engineer. So I ran with that up until now. Now I'm done. And now mm-hmm. I'm actually in the profession and it's actually really, really hectic. Um, so yeah, that's basically what, okay, my, my, my track history is. So the person who influenced me is actually my dad. And to say if I have regrets, I don't really have regrets. Um, it's just maybe I would like to incorporate certain aspects um, within my career that will make it, you know, a bit more worthwhile for me. So, yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, it's quite funny um, because the same story that you have is pretty much the same one I have where I was like, I'm going really? to and it's like copy paste can i tell you like i was like i'm going to become a doctor <laughs> and then grade 10 came and then we had like career mm. and then i also went yeah. to a hospital i went to a hospital i shadowed a doctor um maybe also the type mm. of doctor i shadowed maybe influenced it because it was like a radiologist definitely yes but like i went I shadowed this lady and I was like, the hospital is so depressing. Like I, I genuinely had this. <laughs> it really like, is. It's so depressing in here. Like I can't. And then I just said, no, I don't want to be a doctor. And I cried when I went home that day. Cause it felt like my entire <laughs> life dream of being a doctor was shattered. And then in just one day, in, in just, just one, one day. day, like years of what you thought you were going to be just like changed, you know? And then crazy story is all this time I thought I wanted to become a doctor. I was always enjoying going to work with my dad, who's also an engineer. Mm, so I was same. like always going to work with my dad. You know, he drive we drive around, he'd tell me about his projects and I was very interested. And then by the time like that year I was figuring out sort of kind of wanted what I wanted to do and I'd go with my dad out like a lot more often. And then by the time it was grade 11, I'm like, yeah, I think I want to do engineering. I think that's, that's cool for now. 
So yeah. <laughs> it's so, literally copy paste. And also the the perks of doing engineering. I think one thing that really attracted me to my father's profession was the money. Like I looked at what his money could do and I was like, imagine if I had that money. I know that's <laughs> that shouldn't be a point of influence in terms of career choice, but it actually kind of like helps, no lie. Um, when you so, yeah. black tech, oh, wow, I, I, it's needed. Like you actually think about this because you're like, you're making deductions in your head. You're like, oh, if I start making so much money, then my parents, I'm going to have to start maybe sending them money just out of courtesy or something, something, something. So also I understand why money becomes like a thought. Yes. That's everyone. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, definitely that. So you've just graduated, like, yeah, just, I think it's a just. Mm. And how did you get through university? How did you pass? How did you not drop out? How did you, like, how did you become resilient? Like, how did you get through it to get to the end? (laughs) That question. Whoa, oh, that's such a, a loaded question. How do I get through varsity? Okay, number one, I remember crying a lot. I, I, I won't lie. There were many tears. Um, all right, okay, so how I got through varsity. Um, okay, so I mentioned that I cried a lot. But number one thing that helped me the most was the support system I had. My support mm-hmm. system was amazing. Um, starting from my friends up until my parents. Um, so I remember I like got to first year and I came from the IB system, right? Um, mm-hmm. I did my matric in South Africa. And then I used to have like friends who came from Zimbabwe, right? Mm-hmm. And they did their A-levels mm-hmm. with Cambridge. Mm-hmm. So the thing is with having done that, um, most of the first year modules they had done. So like chemistry, physics, maths, they were sailing through and I would never understand. I'm like, whoa, I'm struggling here. Like, yes, I did AP maths in high school. That kind of helped me a bit in terms of like my maths modules. But in terms of physics and chemistry, like I was literally starting from scratch. So like already first year, I kind of had like a, I hit like a depressing wall because I was like trying to level up with my friends who came from a schooling system that already prepared them, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like trying to catch up. So the first thing that I did was, okay, number one, you can't compare your journey um, to someone else who has a different platform. Okay, so already there was a mind shift that I had to establish right? Number two, what I had to establish was um, it's varsity. So how I used to study at school, school was easy. If I look at high school, it was easy. Like I would study and I would pass well, right? But then in varsity, the method that I used to use in in, in, um, high school didn't necessarily work in varsity. So I had to change my method of studying. Because I saw like like first year I would like fail so many tests because what I would do was I would like 
go to a textbook and like go through gang pages of notes, like summarize. And then I'll do past papers. And after past papers, then I'll write the test. But remember, you don't have that time in varsity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to change my method of, of, of studying. Um, that was number two. Number three, I would allow myself to cry. It's okay to cry. Like cry a lot. Like if I would fail, cry. Um, if there's so many deadlines, cry. But one thing was like, okay, Natasha, cry, but you need to pick yourself up. Um, the friends that I had, I used to like tell them about, okay, what's going on and everything. And they would advise or like, would like go out and stuff. And they would kind of take my mind off of like school. So they helped. And then my parents like also helped. Like, I remember my dad was like, do you want me to like enroll you to like, um, to, to some tutor or something? Like, what do you need me to do? Like they were very supportive, but yeah, like honestly, varsity, if I look back, um, I wouldn't have gotten through varsity without my family or my friends. And also praying also help helps. So I don't know what like, what like religion you are or what form of higher power, but I believe in whatever high, higher power you have, always engaging with that kind of gives you strength. So whether you're Christian, whether um um whether you're Buddhist, um, whether you're Hindu whatever higher power you connect with, you should always like find strength there. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of like, honestly, like got me through. And like, yeah, that's, that's, that's basically it. And also study groups, study groups help. Like don't ever study alone. That's something I would like not advise anyone who's going through varsity. Don't mm-hmm. study alone, study with people who are on the same wavelength that you are on and just learn from each other. Um, mm-hmm. I think that helped me a lot. And also not having pride. <laughs> like you, when you're coming from high school, like you got like colors in academics, you know, you, you didn't necessarily like ask for help from anyone. So you kind of like take that mentality to like Boston, like I don't need any help, but whoa, um, you really do. So I, like very quickly, first year, first semester, I kind of had to like take off that jacket of pride and, you know, be humble enough to ask for help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. how I got through varsity. Hey? Were you staying at home during varsity, like with your parents? Mm. And how was that? Oh, <laughs> so yes, I stayed at home throughout my entire like undergrad um, degree. So look, um, that was awkward because <laughs> um, I had friends who were in res. Um, and they would go out and, you know, like in like first child, like there's so many parties mm-hmm. that people have. Um, of course, this is like before lockdown and before COVID. Um, people would like, um, like go out and do all these things. And I couldn't, especially mm-hmm. when you come from Zimbabwe, parents, like, you just can't. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can't literally just be like, okay, mom, um, it's Saturday um, at six o'clock at night. Um, can I go out with my friends? And like wearing like a risky outfit, you really couldn't do that. Um, so it was a bit of a stretch. Hey? Um, I remember like I got my license in like first year and my parents were very iffy with me driving to school by myself. 
And that was also like an issue as well, because I would like leave late from the library and they'll be like, how can you leave so late? Um, you know, like it was such a big adjustment. Um, and also like looking at people live their life in like varsity um, at risk. And then here you are, you have to like kind of comply to your parents, especially Zimbabwean parents, strict Zimbabwean parents. That was, yeah, that was not a nice situation. I didn't really have an amazing social life um, during my, like during my degree. It was very boring. I I would only go out during the day. That's it. Did your parents ever loosen up, like maybe towards the end or is it just like, (laughs) I'm having faith, you know, <laughs> maybe towards the end. <laughs> uh, first year, I think first year, I would like try ask here and there. Um, I would never ask like going out at night, never. Um, if it was, if I had to go out at night, it would be a birthday dinner, but they would have to drop me off. I remember that. They would mm-hmm. have to drop me off. So it wasn't a thing of, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the car, bye. No, um, I would go out during the day. During the day, they were fine with that. They were fine with me going out during the day. But um, in the evening, it was an issue. Um, and also because of the nature of, my, of the degree, like I didn't, I was stressing a lot. So in terms of going out, I didn't really look at like going out. I'd be like, okay, any free time I have, I'm sleeping. Or any free time I have, I would like catch up on series. Like then like Vampire Diaries was like a big thing. You know, like I would catch up on Grey's Anatomy. So I really didn't really care too much about like going out. But then yeah. in final, final year, let me think. Yep, no, they were they were consistent, eh? Um, but and also I just gave up, to be honest. I really gave up. The only time they loosened up when they was when they let me go to Thailand for like two weeks by myself with my friends. But then it was kind of a thing like, okay, she passed her degree, you know. I mean, what can we like actually say nothing so that was actually the only time where they were like okay Mm -hmm, she's grown mm -hmm. at the end at the very very end (laughs) so just a heads up for you Pearl um in case it doesn't happen like your parents kind of like allow you to go out I have tissues um that you can like you can always come and like cry to me and I'll like always console you so yeah so okay you've I'm guessing have you now moved out of like you know home yes so i've moved out i'm actually working now um funny enough i'm all the way yes um yes so i'm actually in limpopo i work for a mining company now um so yeah can i say it was a big adjustment it was not really a big adjustment i was i think i was just looking forward to leaving Mm-hmm. Um, that it didn't really scare me to like move out. So like, yeah, I'm done. I'm working. Um, I to say that I really like what I what I do is is I, I don't know yet. I can't say such a definite statement, but I'm learning to like what I do. I love the fact that I learn every day, especially in this industry. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm at, yeah. I'm a free bird now. 
how did you like go about finding like your job getting a job because a lot of kids like getting a job is a struggle and you know you've achieved that so like how is that process for you exactly or like like what you know blessings or whatever mm-hmm. were dropped along the way for you to actually like get a job <laughs> at the end <laughs> so um so I mentioned I, I work for a mining company. So I knew for a very long time that I was going to work for a mining company. Um, even in like high school and varsity, um, I kind of tailor, um, what can I say? I kind of refocused my career path into favoring me going into a mining company. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of people, especially um, in terms of engineering, a lot of people want to work for consultants. I was never a consultant person. I I, I never looked into it. Um, And a lot of people used to shy away from mining companies. But I knew from like career day from grade 10, I wanted to work for specific mining companies. So in varsity, like at the end of the year, they like tell you to go do VAC work at like any engineering related um, company or firm. So I would go to mining companies. I would do VAC work at mining companies. So for like two, three years, I went to a specific mining company, did VAC work with them. That at the end, when I like finished my degree so I wasn't a bit like a, a bursary kid no um only because of the fact that I just didn't have a South African ID I only got a South African ID in like my first year of varsity mm-hmm. um so already then they had awarded um their bursaries to respected people so I was like okay it's fine let me just target a certain company and just go and do VAC work even if they don't pay me it's fine Mm -hmm. so at the end um this specific um mining company um there's so there's a certain amount of graduates that they're supposed to have um so apparently like they hadn't reached their like maximum amount so they were filling up so there was like an ad for um mechanical um, engineers who've just graduated um so i applied and in the interview because of the fact that i i I worked with them for vac work they know how i work um i presented to a couple of the people who were actually interviewing me it wasn't really it wasn't a thing of okay they kind of like trick like uh, trick questions and it was kind of like oh you're back oh it's good to see you type of thing Mm -hmm. um so um, that's what kind of like got me that, okay, what got me my, my job was because I just did back work. Even if I wasn't getting paid, um, I just was driven enough just to wanting that exposure and eventually being part of such a company. And also what kind of helped is that I I kind of have like, um can i say family members and also family friends who also worked for the respective like company not to say that i used their name or anything (laughs) to get me ahead but if let's say for example i didn't get it um 
not because of like merit or anything. I know there were like people who would like fall back and kind of like assist. But yeah, so that's how I like got the job. So it, it was kind of like, I started like a long time ago, a long time ago, like targeting this job. But yeah, that's, that's really cool. It sounds really tedious, but like that's, <laughs> what, that's what needs to happen for you to, you know, no, definitely. Make your goals if you want to happen. Yeah, no, definitely. Once you set your mind for something, um, you can't. You have to do whatever you it takes for you to achieve it. And when you're very passionate about it, it doesn't matter whether you're working long hours or whether you're not getting paid. But the objective is is to achieve that goal. You know. looking at the job and now that you have it um is it anything that you thought it was going to be um <laughs> even me i wonder like as an engineer right and mm-hmm. you know where you are right now as a recent graduate what exactly do they do you do what exactly do they task you with like what's maybe even like a day in the life if i could put it that way my so my company is platinum producing Right. So mm-hmm. most mining companies, so if they employ graduates, usually the program is to kind of train you to becoming um, engineers that will one day run sections within the mine. Right. Because remember, mining companies are driven by production. Um, so whether you're platinum, coal, gold, um, like iron ore, you are driven by production. So with my discipline, I'm mechanical. I'm heavily responsible for maintenance of machinery, right? So um, there's this um, um, certificate that you're supposed to get. So you know how accountants have to write their board of exams to becoming um, CAs, right? Mm -hmm. We kind of have the same thing um, from the government, from the department, of mineral resources. So there's a certain uh, amount of months we have to spend within that um, program, graduate program. And once we've completed those months, we then write government exams. And then once we pass, we kind of qualify to running sections on our own. So within that program, within those months, there are certain modules you're supposed to complete that kind of reflect how your mining company is set up or what your mining company does. So let's say, for example, um, there could be pumps. So there's pumps everywhere in, in mining, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to do like a module for pumps per se. So in that module, you basically learn all types of pumps. What are pumps used for? Basically the machinery, the maintenance tactics for pumps. And then also the government law related to um, maintaining those pumps. So basically, yes, we, there are modules which are, which are spread across that duration of time. We kind of present each module to our seniors. They, um, once they find us competent, they sign us off and then we move along. Then once we're done within those months, we then sit down, write exams on law and then write exams on like the modules that we've completed in terms of like calculations and stuff. 
and then yeah but then it doesn't just end there so you're involved with a lot of projects as well so whether it's introducing new technology um within underground or open cost mines or within like a concentrator or a smelter like a lot of juniors are heavily involved in that um what else new maintenance tactics you're responsible in finding new maintenance tactics for um ensuring the reliability of uh, machinery so look it sounds really really boring when i speak about it but then when you're in it <laughs> when you're in it it's actually really really interesting once you kind of pick like pinpoint like how much things cost or how you realize that if something is not maintained properly and there's like a breakdown that kind of like affects production and like for example one hour of production is equivalent to like 1.65 million so imagine if you have like a breakdown for like four hours that's like six million gone in four hours so like you kind of like realize the importance of what you do and how you like basically affect how a company like produces or makes money so i don't know like there's also there's also the economical side of what we do if you're interested i'm not really interested in that yet i i really don't really care i just want to find the easiest way of maintaining my equipment with minimal like effort basically so that's basically just advancing the equipment that is there that's what i'm really really into so yeah Mm -hmm. that's basically a short story of what i do which is boring i i feel like i kind of put people to sleep right there (laughs) no no you didn't it's it sounds like very exciting stuff um Mm -hmm. do you think you're going to stay like because you're saying that you know you are learning to like what you do right but like do you have any like what are your next goals let's say you don't like whether they're short term or long term because i can't ask you where will you be in 10 years because i think that's very unrealistic you know because sometimes you know life does change and you sort of like see something else and you're like now more keen on that or this 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 so what are you like your your future goals in terms of like where you see yourself going what skills you'll, you're developing what you hope to learn with the position that you're in mm-hmm. so long-term goal like goal is to become ceo i know that's so far-fetched <laughs> like i i i really do see myself being a ceo of if it's not this company uh, like maybe another competitor um or bare minimum end up in the like executive team um that's how driven i am short term goal is in terms of career development of course i'm going to complete like my honors degree um maybe something relating to like asset management um further on MBA I think the most that I can do is my master's I'm not really an academic at heart where I want to do my PhD I really don't give two cents of a PhD to be honest um (laughs) I would rather be (laughs) I would rather be um wasting my 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 mind on things that actually will affect how I get to where I want to get to right Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's my short-term goal so after i like 
qualify or graduate from this program, I'll be like a section engineer of a, a certain section within the mine. And then eventually just like rise above that. Then eventually head over to head office. Because right now we are actually there at the forefront. We're in Limpopo, we're within the mines. Um, so I'm trying to like, like fast track that so that I leave. Um, and go to like head office somewhere in like Joburg or something. Um, so yeah, that's basically my long-term goal. Like it's not really extensive. I kind of know um, what I need to do to get there. It's going to take a lot, um, yeah. but I honestly think I'll get there. How is the work environment for you um, being a woman? Like how do you feel? Do you feel it has changed oh. or shifted to be more conducive? to there being women because you're quite recently a graduate so do you think mm. do you think it's gotten better because when i speak to let's say like older women within fields like within like stem fields or like within engineering um they say that the experiences you know the experience they had with their jobs and whatever was you know terrible being a woman and that type of stuff well not necessarily terrible but they said it was difficult so for you do you feel the same way um so when i started i had um mad anxiety um because i'm just looking at the fact that i'm a woman of color um and just also looking at my character as 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 a black woman in engineering so i remember <laughs> bonang i feel like everyone knows bonang um i remember she 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 there was a was it like an interview and she kept on encouraging women to take up space you know and i kind of laughed because i was like what do you mean take up space has she been in engineering like has she been where we've been you know so that's where okay that's where i'm like coming from so when i started i had mad anxiety so anxiety in the sense of taking up space and also within taking up space how would people react to me taking up space because when you, once you take up space um people don't see black women in these fields especially working in a mine right you're an engineer and you're working up in a mine so of course they're going to challenge you to see whether you're competent enough to actually be within a mine you know um, so that kind of like threw me off. So I, I, I would talk to a lot of female engineers and they would tell me their experiences and I was automatically scared. So you would never find me like taking up space or going into environments where I could compete because I just didn't want to be confronted, right? Mm -hmm. But the trick is that if you don't take up space, how would you be recognized? how do you expect to be part of that executive team when you don't take up space, you know? So I, at some point I kind of had to evaluate and look at what I wanted to achieve in life. And I was like, look, Natasha, you want to end up here, but this is what you're doing. Right. So mm -hmm. I also see a therapist like every other week I see a therapist. Oh, and, and like, she, how's that? Cause a lot of people suggest like seeing a therapist and that thing. How is, Definitely. I, I would advise everyone <laughs> to go and see a therapist. Um, because remember, 
everyone has gone through their own issues, has gone through their own trauma. I, there's no one on this earth who I can say is perfect. You kind of have to have someone who kind of assists in you navigating your way through to life. I know people are like, no, there's God and everything. You're not perfect. Like, I mean, go to God for assistance. But at times, in tackling certain areas of your life with a bit of aggressiveness, you kind of need like a third party to advise you. So I, I do advise everyone to go see a therapist, whether it's in your career, whether it's in your relationships, like just, or basically personal development, just go see a therapist. So yes, going back to, to what I was saying. Um, yes. So my therapist kind of like stamped me out and she was like, um, Natasha, um, I, I don't understand what the issue is. Um, you know what you want um, and you know what you need to get to where you want to be. So why are you allowing yourself to not get there? And I'm like, look, listen, I'm scared of being questioned. And then she basically kind of um, basically um, put in, in, into an example, like, getting your degree you had to be examined right to get to where you wanted so first year you had to go through exams you had to pass your exams to get through to second year you had to pass through second year to get into third year so you have to accept the fact that you have to be evaluated to get to a next stage in life so even when you enter as a graduate take it as if you're being evaluated allow yourself to being evaluated you know, mm -hmm. you're short, you're a woman of color. So come with force and aggressiveness. You've got a degree, believe in that. I know some people may, may try to challenge the fact that you don't know what you're talking about, but you've got that degree. So use it. So slowly but surely, I started taking up space. And even within that space, I would speak. And every single time I would speak, I would always find like one senior person who would like pull me aside and be like, job well done. Like, I liked what you said. So it was small comments like that where I was like, okay, that kind of like built in my, my confidence. Because also what, mm -hmm. another thing that didn't help was like when we would present. So remember like, because of this program, we are constantly evaluated through presentations. And in those presentations, you kind of present to a board of senior engineers and they just grill you left, right, and center to see whether you're competent enough in that module. So usually in those grilling sessions, honestly, it takes the living daylights out of you. There can be comments passed like, I don't understand how you don't understand. Like they, I mean, they're comments that could break you down. You know what I'm saying? But I had to like separate that and kind of tell myself like Natasha, enter these spaces, allow yourself to, to get into those spaces. If they're criticizing you, see, like evaluate the criticism, see what will build you and whatever that doesn't build you, like let it go out the other ear. You know, you can't control what other people say about you or how they think about you, mm -hmm. but you can control how you react. So from that, from through those experiences, like my anxiety was like, you know, um, reducing, um, 
I, w- I started becoming more confident. I started taking up more projects because um, I also have a mentor. And he was like, Natasha, you kind of have to um, go grab those opportunities. Because I would find that other people who are not like my color, not to just put it out there or something like that, um, they would be involved in like cool projects. And I'm like, shucks, why, you know? But then he kind of hinted to me, he was like, Natasha, um, if, you, if you want to be in those spaces, you kind of have to like, not even knock on the door, open the door, enter and close the door behind you and let them know that you want to be involved. So I think it's moments like that or situations like that where um, I started building up my confidence and accepted the fact that my journey, my journey to where I want to go is not going to be an easy one but I know that I will get there. So mm-hmm. like, look, a woman in, like, being a woman in this industry is not that easy at all. But once you take up that space and once you allow yourself to being evaluated and criticized and just coming out of that, you'll find that people will accept you more. You'll find people supporting you. People you never thought would support you start supporting you. Um, only because you basically made that decision of I'm not going to be that female engineer who's going to be in the background, you know, who's going to do, who's going to play a supporting role. You know, you kind of have to like snap, snap out of it and take opportunities with both hands. So yeah, that's basically me in a nutshell. It's not easy. Like I have to kind of like wake up and do my, my, my words of affirmations in front of the mirror every day. But I promise you, it gets easier. You've spoken a lot about work and like your work life. And like, how do you like, because you spoke about having a therapist, which helps you like release stress. But like, how do you find time for yourself and friends? And like socially, how's the social environment shifted from when you were, when you were in university to like now? Oh, that's actually a very good question. So you need to like remember especially now when you're like finished with like varsity and stuff like you'll get there um you have to prioritize um your social life but prioritize it with people who prioritize you um because right now like the stage that i'm at you don't have time to waste on people that don't matter that's something that i had to like quickly realize because time is like valuable like we are out here chasing our careers and stuff like that so um in terms of prioritizing my social life i do prioritize it but i i have it on a schedule i know it's it's messed up um but i have it on a schedule like there's some weekends where i have to like work in um like put in and like grind like this weekend i was actually supposed to see my girlfriends but work comes first um but i know the girls that um who are my friends i prioritize them and i make sure i see them so like look first thing is to prioritize your friendships um, because once you graduate, you will find that the friends that you had in Boston are not necessarily the friends that you have when you start working. And you find that the friends that were not so close with you in Boston are the ones who you become super close with once you start working. So it, it's, it's, it's a matter of like prioritizing. I do prioritize my social life. I believe in resting. I believe, believe in like um, enjoying life, but it has to 
be on a like a schedule for me personally i i won't just like go out or just be like in the spur of the moment like oh i'm leaving this weekend no i kind of have to evaluate how far i am in terms of work um is it within my budget and then i would like leave and i'll like hang out with my friends i asked natasha for some final words i think for me number one you have to be true to yourself um I think be honest with yourself. Be honest with your capabilities. Be honest with what you can handle and what you can't handle. Because um, I remember like varsity and maybe like like my first few months of like working, I thought I could handle um, a certain amount of like work or I thought I could I could be someone that I wasn't like not. Like I think earlier on I mentioned how I had friends who came from Zim and they would like kill varsity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because of the fact they had brushed on what we started learning in the first two years of our degree. I learned very like um like earlier on not to compare myself. So yeah, don't compare yourself because it doesn't mean that when someone is doing well in varsity, they're the ones who automatically do well in their careers. It it there's nothing like that. The way the world works is very weird. Uh, you may find um, like there are people who finished before me who are not employed, you know. And mm-hmm. Natasha, having failed a couple of modules or like passed with like 50s, I'm working and I'm progressing. So I think that's number one that everyone should like take from this is to not compare yourself. Don't compare your journey. Focus on your journey. Focus on your lane. You will achieve what you need to achieve in your own time. That's number one. Um, Number two is to never compete. Don't compete to look like you're busy or compete to being seen or compete for something that you know is not for you. I think you need to believe in the fact that whatever's for you will always be for you. So once you know that, you know that you don't need to compete with other people. You know you just need to be the better person, like be better than what you were the previous day or the previous time. Um, Because I know like right now we're in that age where people want to look like they're busy. People want to look like, you know, they're progressing Um, just to silently compete with other people. But remember, um, people are running their own races and you don't know where they started in their race and you don't know when they're going to reach that finish line. So how on earth must you compete having not known where they started and when they when they're going to end you know Mm -hmm. so never um compete and this is mainly for my okay this last point is mainly for um the females in a stem career or basically in any career you need to choose yourself first always choose yourself because i know being okay especially like a woman of color you kind of are forced to live in a certain box based on culture and like society if you feel within Mm. yourself that it's not right don't do it and don't please other people we're in a different age so you are allowed not not even allowed you're supposed to achieve what you wanted to achieve you know you are capable of so many bigger things compared to what is expected from you because like you'll see like when you get older pearl um when you reach a certain age people we're going to start asking questions like, okay, so 
how far on like getting married, how far on getting kids, um, what's the next move and stuff like that. Um, that's not you. You just need to be true to yourself. Even it means challenging um, older people or older um, ideologies, do it. But at the end of the day, you need to realize that it's your life. And you need to come back home every day having that personal satisfaction that whatever you did today was because you wanted to do it, not because some auntie from God knows where is expecting you to do this. So those are the three main things. But also like being true to yourself also kind of couples with unlearning certain things. You will find when you when you grow up and you like, especially when you're down with varsity and now you're like working and stuff, you kind of have to unlearn certain things that were like told to you. Like when people, I don't know, like I, I don't want to be too specific to 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 our listeners. I'm I'm sure people will kind of like reflect and like evaluate their lives and know what I'm t- talking about. It's okay to unlearn. Mm-hmm. I, I want to emphasize that it's okay to unlearn things that don't make sense. But you, you, there's, I'm sure there's certain things in your life, Pearl, where you're like, people will tell you and you're kind of like, um, I don't really see that myself. Yeah, that, um, yeah, that's the point where you have to start unlearning. Mm-hmm. If, if, it's, <laughs> if it's not sitting well within you, um, especially when you get older and you're more wise, you're kind of like... I don't know. Um, this is not for me. Um, it's okay to feel that way. It's really okay to feel that way. One of the most important things is to put yourself first. As difficult as it might sound in a world that is constantly forcing you to think of others. How do you balance between the two? Natasha posts interesting ideas for us. If I, if I could like tell your listeners... Like, please, please subscribe to her podcast. Thank you again, Natasha, for sharing all this information with us. I'm sure we can all take something, big or small, from the conversation we had today. Now, I know I said that I'd be releasing every single Sunday. However, we will now start releasing episodes on Monday. So please stay awake for new episodes every single Monday from this Democratic feed. Furthermore... I am going to actually be releasing two episodes this next coming week because I think I need to make up for my uh, poor communication with all you listeners. And I'll be speaking to two very different people in two fairly different fields. And they'll just be discussing the work they do within STEM in their respective fields. And I hope you're as excited as I am for the conversations that we're going to be having. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, please do comment on our Instagram page. Please do track down my details. Don't do that. I'll try establish new ways for you to contact me. Um, But yeah, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. It's been great chatting to you guys because you guys are so amazing. Stay safe, stay healthy, and God bless.